when your routine is the exact same way, the person showing up to that routine doesn't have to change to find success in that routine. Right. And therefore, you never see yourself outside of that. But when you when you leave, the player you created leaves with you and then you get dropped into an environment and it's like this game is played completely differently. Mm-hmm. It's like, whoa, you realize how ingrained you are in that character and that player. Um, and so you, you have to morph and change. But the cool part about it is that when you come back to your environments, you come back to that original structure, you come back to that original routine. It's kind of like a, a lot's changed. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Modern Mask Ulinity Podcast. What's going on, everyone? My name is Atlas. I'm your co-host. What's going on? It's Anwar Ahmed, a.k.a. A Squared. Ah, it's been a long time since I heard that. Wow. Silky smooth voice. Listen, it's been a while, folks. Welcome back. Welcome. Honestly, we're welcoming, welcoming ourselves back to this thing called podcasting this mic in my face this stud across the screen it's been a while since we have been at this and so we are excited to bring you yet another episode of the hot fire flames podcast called modern masculinity today uh, we just want to share with you a bit about where we've been what's changed what's happening in the world of our team and our lives because a lot has changed I don't think we've released an episode in about two months now, which is not like us. So we're going to get into exactly where we've been. We're going to give you the nitty gritty details. We're going to tell you some sneak peeks about what's going to be different as we move forward in this podcast. But before we do that, you know that it is always one specific time of the day. It's move. Did you just throw a vibrato in there? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Elijah Keys, are you good? Hey, listen, you got to let him know that we've been doing something. You know what I mean? At least, at least they're like, he's been working on his voice. I get it. That's why oh, he's been missing. I should have went deeper. I should have went. Have you ever seen those TikTok videos where they're like uh, really deep, deep voices? Um, I should have just tried that. And just said it. It sounded horrible. Yeah. I take it back. That sounded actually outrageous. It's all good, man. It's all good because it's a new day and, you know, tomorrow you can try a different one. But <laughs> what's up, my boy? What's going on, man? Mood check. What it do? What it do? Listen, for those that are new, for those that are old, you know, this time is for us to check in on our mood. Please don't respond with just a good. We know that there's more to it than good. So how are you really? This morning, I'm at... I'm, I actually think I felt anxious about recording last night. It's been a while. I could feel the jitteries of the morning to be and the the session that we were about to enter into. So I feel on fire. I also have a second coffee in my hand, so that always helps. And uh, my mood is... The word vivacious comes to me. I don't even know what it means. We're going to run with it. I feel vivacious. Uh, damn. And I feel... Wait, hold up. Go back, go back. You don't know what it means? I have no idea what it means. Should we Google it right now? Vivacious. It sounds like I feel full of vitality. That's my go-to. Vivacious. 
So yeah, don't tell us you're good, but you know, also don't make up words. <laughs> Listen, okay, I'm pretty bang on. All right, attractively, lively, and animated. Oh wow! I nailed wow. that. I am the Your dictionary. Is don't question me ever again. Woman, thank you so much. Okay. Um, Maybe you so lied feel... to us, though. Maybe you did know what it meant. <laughs> now, I don't even know if I believe you. <laughs> so I'm vivacious, and um, I feel. Hmm. Do I feel anything other than vivacious? I don't think so. I think I just, I'm excited to get back into this. I'm excited to talk. I'm excited for the direction we're going. I'm excited for us to talk about the last nine months because Mm -hmm. like that's a life, it's a lifetime. It's a whole book that we both kind of lived and it feels so wild and it's, it's still oddly chapter one. Sometimes it feels like, like it's nowhere near done the end of the book. So I'm just excited to share all that with all of you who are listening. And I'm excited to hear more details about yours and share what's coming. And vivacious seems to be the the fitting word. Animated and lively. That's my mood check. Animated and lively. I like that. I actually actually like that word. What a it encompasses so much more than just like it's a whole. It's a whole. Um, it's a whole character. I it's a like. whole. It's like a Disney movie. That's what I would think. I love that. Love that for you. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. You Muchek, tell him. Uh, I'm gonna go with a, a word that's not as as uh, <laughs> as new to people's ears, but it carries a lot of weight. I think "refreshed" is the word mm. that I feel. I feel. I feel it in my body when you say that word. Yep. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not that you know the challenges are any easier or the space is any different, but mm-hmm. the person in the space feels different, and I feel super refreshed. Um, whether it's good, the break it? from. Yeah, I feel whether it's the, just, it's the break in general, but whether the break from the podcast, the break from um, the storyline that I've been telling myself for years, you know, the narratives. Um, I think that the break from all of that has me has me pretty pretty refreshed, uh, and it feels like uh, opening up a journal for the first time. It feels like a fresh start. It feels like white pieces of paper. It feels like you can write whatever chapter you want, um, and that's a cool feeling. So yeah, mm. I think I think refresh is the word that I'm feeling today. Listen, it's, it may be two months, but you can't take the philosopher out of him. Listen, he's ready. He's had a break. He's gotten into some natures and some big... You can hear it in his voice and the way that he just fluidityed out that philosopher of mindset. Well said. I'll take it, man. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're back at it. Listen, before we even continue, something we don't often request, please hit that follow button if you're listening to us right now. Uh, we have been at this for a while, and the way the podcast grows is if you hit that follow button and subscribe to our space. So if you're enjoying it, please do so. Don't forget to give us a rating, and let's get into the conversation. So we mentioned at the beginning that we've been absent for about two months. We haven't recorded a podcast. We haven't released a podcast and we are busy people. We've always been since the day we started this, we are active. We are busy. We are hustling. We are trying to build and we have big aspirations between the two of us. And even though we are busy people, we've always kept up with the podcast. We always have a biweekly release. No questions asked, except for the last two months. So in the podcast character realm, it's a little bit off Kindle. It's a little bit different. And so where have we been? What the hell, guys? 
a lot of you are out there saying, yeah, I know I've been missing your voices. Don't act like you haven't been. I know you have. So where have we been? Why haven't we recorded an episode? So I'm going to throw this in your court because, well, that's just how I feel. Where have we been? More specifically, where have you been? My good friend, friend. Where have I been? It's funny because when you now being back, you know, being back home, a lot of people are like, how was your trip? And they'll bring up the beginning of it, right? How was Australia? And I'm like, <laughs> that seemed so long ago, you know? And that's why I think the where have you been hits differently because it's, it's like, I feel like I've been so many places mm. and our memories are so you know, they're so flawed. They just think about what was recent, you know, mm-hmm. like they, 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 so how quickly we forget. So I love the, I love the reflection nature of the question of like, where have you been, dude? You, you just did a full, you know, little world tour and you're in your back. So, you know, where have you been? And, and some of it is a little bit of like, sometimes we lack the ability to process too, when you're, you know, you're going that fast through stuff, you know? So mm-hmm. even coming back, I realized, did I process that? Like, was that just like, here today and gone tomorrow? Like, what was that? You know, how was that? And so I love this question because every time I get to reflect on it, I get to like download more of the experience into my psyche and actually like get to relive it. And and it gets me into the more of the processing part of the part of the journey. Um, So every time I retell where I've been, it's, 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 it's a cool, cool reflective moment for me. But I forgot Australia too. How long ago was Australia? Just for context, December, December, what is it? July, June, (laughs) June. Yeah. Wild. Okay. So in, in December, I decided to embark on, I guess the beginning of my travels. Um, a friend of mine had reached out to me and, you know, we were kind of both in similar spaces like you know, similar chapters of our life where, you know, we're transitioning from a career looking to find out what's next. He'd been traveling for a significantly longer period of time. He'd kind of wanted to, he kind of recruited me for the back half of his, you know, to kind of end his journey. Uh, in Australia, a place that I had lived prior to, he thought it'd be cool to, you know, go back and revisit for me and for him to go there for the first time and then to have the, you know, the experience of being there with someone who is his friend and also, you know, had people there and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff, which, um, but more importantly, it was, it was a, it was a time for me to kind of get, it kind of started what the beginning of the whole entire trip in a way it gave me a theme, you know, and, and the theme that I kind of had, like. I don't have, I had no career goals. I had no, I have to this day right now, I, I have, I still have not set a goal that is predicated on who I am for the world. Mm. All of my goals since December until now have been rooted in just figuring out what I want to do and what I want right. to be and how I want to exist in this world. Which Whether is that's very from, different for you, right? Super different. Yeah. You know, I, I've been working since I was 15 years old. You know, since I was 15, I started living on my own when I was 18. And so my whole entire DNA is survival, doing what needs to be done, getting the job done, moving the needle forward, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and pushing boundaries, you know, finding comfort, discomfort, like being able to grow through um, seeking out discomfort and challenge and adversity and, and all of these things, you know, but I reached a point where that had been my DNA for so long that I kind of, I missed the whole mark on being able to create something around who you are. Mm. You know, when you're every, when you do things because it's what needs to be done, you lose the, 
what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, um, the needs come before the wants. And uh, I think that for the first time in my life, you know, December 1st, when I landed in Australia, it was the first time I was like, I'm going to focus on what do I want and aggressively go after that for the next whatever, however long this journey lasts, you know, and it's every single goal and everything I kind of attacked for the last seven, eight months has been rooted in that, you know, is if it's a career question, I'm like not really focusing on those. If it's a personal question, I'm like, yeah, great question. I should have an answer for that. You know, and I've just been kind of living in this world of just overindulging in one would call self-development, but not self-development in the arena of how to be a better person for the things that you serve. Cause that's the self-development world. Most people live in, right. Mm-hmm. Is how do I be a better person for the area I am, I'm servicing, you know, mm-hmm. how do I go do the self-development? So I'm better in my relationship. How do I go do the self-development so that I'm better at my job? How do I go do the self-development so that I'm better at like, you know, X career, for me, it was like, how do I become a better person to exist? Mm. How, do I become, how do I go do self-development to breathe, mm. to find self-worth in things that have nothing to do with a title? Mm. Nothing. You know, and how do you get good at living? How do you get good in the, the, the mundane things of life where your internal world, the world that you exist in every single day is a vibe? Mm-hmm. And the things that you do just either add to it or, you know, enhance that world. And also you can gatekeep that world too, right? For things that you don't want in. Right. Like if I have this internal world going on and it's a, it's a vibe and I've worked so hard to create it. When someone approaches the gate that I don't think fits the bill, I'm like, nah, man, this, this party is good. Right. I, you can, you're, you're, you're not needed here. We've, done, we've worked really hard at creating a dope party. And like, we know what can go in and we know what needs to stay out there. But I think understanding one, how to create that world. Two, how to do it in a way that's actually aligned and authentic to yourself. And then three, understanding where you're drawing the lines, mm-hmm. who you're allowing in, who you're not allowing in. Because I think for a long time, my house party was just like whoever whoever could come. Mm-hmm. And then you're not in control of the vibe, right. right? It's like anybody's in here. Like there's no there's no rubric to who gets invited. You know, it was just a it was just a, it was just a block party. You know, mm-hmm. if you you. If you had a car, you could get there, you were in. And I think that last little bit has been clearing out the party, recreating a new one, and then controlling what comes in. Mm. Um, and I think that that's uh, what the traveling kind of kind of did for me. But, you know, I kind of went on a tangent about like what it mentally kind of felt for me to be on this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but to circle back physically where I went was Australia. And then I went to New Zealand. And then I went to Bali. So mm. those are the three places that I went. Um, and a lot of Incredible. that was just basically in, uh, in a little bit more of like a, a backpacker style, I would mm-hmm. say. which is killer. I mean, I was able to watch it from afar and stay in contact with you throughout. Um, and I think, I don't, I, I don't know. Well, maybe I'll let you speak to this. W- what through those experiences was like the one that stands out the most? Cause I know what stands out for me in your journey, but what, what any of the experiences you've done over the last six months of where you've been, what stands out the most? I mean, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to give it to one thing, you know, it's, I, I, I'm, I'm really struggling with like allowing myself to encapsulate that whole entire journey with like one experience. Um, <laughs> All right. Devil's advocate. Give me two. <laughs> but what I will do, what I will do is I'll, I would say the biggest thing that, um, one of the things I wanted to do intentionally was to address fear more head on. Mm. 
is address the ability of like, what are you scared of? Why are you scared of judgment? Why are you scared of this? Why are you mm. scared of that? And really attack fear from a very, very like root area. Like what is it that's there that's bothering you? Is it self-worth? Is it like, do you feel like you struggle to speak in this room because you don't feel like you deserve it or are you scared of? Um, and so for me, having that thing be like, okay, one thing I want to overcome is fear. I want to overcome my fears and just general and just my ability to know that, ooh, I'm scared right now, but fear is a choice. You know, mm -hmm. I can choose to not be scared. You know, um, nerves are expected, fear is a choice, you know? And so for me, I addressed that by just going for exactly what I was scared of and just going head at it, you know? Mm -hmm. So scared of deep water. I'm in the Great Barrier Reef. Let's go diving, you know, really physically overcoming the fear, you know? So when something mentally approaches, I have a reference of something that I physically did. I'm mm -hmm. like, well, you were scared of deep water and you did that. Now, how can you take that same energy and apply it to something mental? Mm -hmm. I skydived in New Zealand, jumping out of a plane, scared of heights, mm -hmm. you know? So those are, those are, that was a great example of like how intentional my traveling was where I had themes I wanted to get over. And then I used activities that I could do in these places to overcome those fears. So mm -hmm. I would say like, you know, sky, skydiving and scuba diving were two very, very, um, intentional activities that I did that helped me with addressing some of the fear that I, I think I was probably living in and living and fear was kind of driving me for a long time, you know, mm. just in general. I think that um, fear of life, fear of um, loss, fear of scarcity, fear of failure. I think fear has been kind of, you know, um, a, a, a very common theme in my ability to feel stuck. And so I wanted to shake that up. And I think that those two activities definitely stand out to me. Huge. Yeah, it's interesting to consider too. You went up, but you also went down in the sense of like the way that our planet exists. I jumped from the sky and I went down into like the earth. Um, the two things that seem to be the scariest because they hold so much unknown. It's like landing flat on the earth is like very um, uh, controllable and easy to predict. And so I love that. Um, and the facing the fear thing is huge. It's interesting because my head goes straight to your road trips when I consider your journey. Like the fact that you didn't just go to these places, you literally drove in vans across these places. Most people think, well, I go to Australia and I go to Melbourne or I go to Sydney and I stay there and I don't move. Or I go to New Zealand and I find, I don't even know what a city would be, but I find that and I stay there and I explore that city where you literally like explored the landscape of both of those environments. It wasn't just the face value of it. And, and for me, that's the first thing I think of when I think of your last like six, seven months is that um, it, it was as if like it was some sort of um, unintentional metaphor towards like discovering your own landscape of who you are rather than just finding one point and trying to amplify it. It's like, what are these ridges like? And what is this water bay like? And what's below that surface? What's above that surface? It's so like... Your journey is so metaphorical to the intention that you think you, you walked in with. Uh, so that's what I hear when I think about your trip. And yeah, those road trips carried a lot of weight, you know, like I think that that's like, if I were to keep kind of going down the line of, you know, certain things, it's, I thought that, I thought that the road trips are very, very metaphoric, you know, mm -hmm. just in nature. Um, it was, it was one of those things where it's when you're, when you're in a, when you're in a, when you're on a road trip, there's a bunch of things that stand out. One, you realize how little you need to survive. You know, we're talking about as much stuff that can fit in a van, mm -hmm. the kitchen, 
the washroom, the transportation, the house, all of those things in a van, you know? So you really realize how much we're just like adding things onto our life to, 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 and we're chasing so much and, you know, ruining our, you know, our head spaces and, you know, because of accumulation, you know, materialistic consumerism, you know, and when you get into the van, it's very, very, very early on, you realize it's a lot more simpler than we make it seem mm. to be, you know, to <laughs> actually exist is not that hard. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a very simple thing. And so that was one big takeaway from the road trip. And then, and then the next one was just the fact that like, you go from point A to point B. And then you just enjoy and then you go from point B to point C and then you just enjoy. And oftentimes it is about the journey as, as, as cliche as that sounds. It's like, what is the landscape? Look outside the window. Like it's don't focus. Yeah. We're, our, our goal is to get to that place by tonight. Sure. But like the conversations and the, the actual drive itself, the building of everything. And I thought it was just such a great way of like physically feeling what like going through life is like, you know, it's, it's a milestone and there's a bunch of stuff and then there's another milestone and then there's a bunch of stuff and then there's another milestone and there's a bunch of stuff. And every time you get to that milestone, you feel like, yo, well, we've got, we went from A to B. We definitely go from B to C, you know, and, and, and sometimes those roads are longer. Like it wasn't ever like a perfect five hour day. It was like somewhere six, somewhere 12, somewhere eight, somewhere three. Mm-hmm. Right. So sometimes the journey between point A to point B or from milestone to milestone is quite short. You know, it's mm-hmm. three hours. The next place you want to go is three hours away. And the next time it's like it's 16 hours away, right? Mm. And it's like sometimes the journey is a little bit longer to get to something a little bit further away, but the process is the exact same and it gets mm. drilled into you because you're just doing this for 14 days straight mm-hmm. where it's you get in the car, you set a goal, you accomplish the goal, you set another one, you accomplish it, you set another one, you accomplish mm. it, and you're doing all of that with bare bones, doing all of that with very little, you know? And you don't need to add anything to the car to make it more enjoyable. You don't need to add, you don't need to like, the journey is the journey, you mm-hmm. know? And, and when you get used to loving it, just loving the car rides. And for me, I was lucky enough to have people that I had great conversations with. And, yep. you know, you almost forget, you almost forget that you're heading somewhere, you know, because you're actually enjoying the day. Like you're enjoying right. the conversation, you're enjoying the company, you're enjoying the environment you created. You're enjoying the person you're on the road trip with, you know? And so for me, it's like, the road trip was extremely metaphoric in its own way. And it, it almost kind of reinstated the fact that, you know, this is what life is all about, you Mm -hmm. know, is create your van, which is your environment, set a goal, go reach the goal and invite people to invite people into your van that you think can make the journey more enjoyable. Mm. You know, that long three hour drive by yourself, if you could have someone in the car that you can have great conversation with and can lift the vibe up, it's just going to make getting from one milestone to another milestone that much more fun. Mm-hmm. You know, you're actually going to enjoy the journey so much more, but it's never about the milestone. And to think that you can't let somebody into your life or you can't get another friend or you can't until you get to said destination. It's like if that journey is 16 hours away and there's somebody in your hypothetical world right now that's at hour three, don't think you need to get to the milestone to like to attract that person into your life. Mm. It's like, they they would be down to hop into this car and go for the mm-hmm. 16 hour drive with you but you're you're gatekeeping the car right now you know you're you believe you don't deserve to be have anyone in your environment until you hit uh and it's like how long do you want this journey to be lonely you know mm-hmm. like how long cool first get the van that you want create the environment that you want and then two, let people in let people into the environment let people hop on board 
you know, as long as you, this is how you figure out what you like and don't like is you get stuck in a car for 16 hours with somebody. You're like, <laughs> okay, I know what I don't like. And I know what I do like. You gotta yeah. go. <laughs> like, and that's a part of discovery. That's a part of, you know, sharing the journey with people and stuff. So mm. to me, it was a very, just a, it was a very physical experience to experience a metaphor, you know? Um, yeah. And I love that because I've never been on a road trip before. And, uh, and to have that kind of landscape and to have, um, those beautiful countries to, to experience it in, you know, being New Zealand and Australia, it was a, it's a memory I'm going to keep forever for sure. Huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred percent. Uh, it's funny. We, you and I have been talking a lot about the plans for the next steps of this, of the podcast. And so many thoughts are coming to me around how to, um, um, uh, touch on all of the things that you experienced. Um, so I want to like rattle off a few things because you've done so many adventures. Like you, like you said, you scuba dived, you skydived, you road tripped, like you did so much. When you think of those things, I'm going to just, I'm going to go one by one because for me, like a road trip is like, I'm getting to point Z like B, C, D, all these things, like not really a concern for me. Even if I'm just going three hours North to Edmonton, cause I'm back in Calgary now. Um, that for me, I'm like, just get to Edmonton. Like, there's not a question of like, oh, oh, that looks like an interesting stop. Let's go there. I don't think that way. Of course, you're in New Zealand and you're in Australia. So I, I, the mindset is different. But do you find now that you prefer the stops along the way to get there? Or do you find that you prefer just getting there now that you've experienced this? I think this, I think, I think the whole experience of traveling has made me more, more in love and obsessed with the idea of the journey and enjoying it. Got it. And finding a way to feel excited about what's happening right now, Mm -hmm. whether you're excited or not, you know, finding reasons to be excited about it because well said. If you don't, then you're you're kind of missing the point. Mm-hmm. But I understand how one might be obsessed with where you're going. Mm-hmm. Because if you're in a place in your life where you're not that excited, I understand that that's, that kind of sounds like a little bit um, like not empathetic. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone's going through something horrible, it's be like, hey, find the excitement in today. It's like, well, it's not that exciting, dude. Life's shit. But you also have choices. Mm -hmm. If you've come to the point of identifying that, like if the gold standard is like my goal is to find something that I enjoy about today and it's physically impossible, well, then you probably have to change something about your environment to start getting to a place where you can. Mm -hmm. And that's where the courage comes into place. Right. That's where the courage to, to do something different comes into place you know because i can understand someone saying bro what do you mean get excited i can't get excited about anything that's going on right now i hate everything mm-hmm. but i'm like okay cool let's put that conversation aside well if that's the goal we clearly have a lot of work to do here mm-hmm. how do we get to a point of being excited about what we do mm-hmm. why are you so this and then let's start making decisions around that and then when you do make the decisions around that and you get to a better place it's like now cool let's let's go back to original goal how are you excited about this because right. this feeling right here isn't it's not always going to be here right? You're not going to always love the day. You're not always going to love, you know, there was days where it's like, we woke up and we're like, Oh, 12 hours, bro. Like, and you knew it was like, we got a mountain to climb. 
you know, we're like, damn, yesterday's drive was three hours. That was so much easier, you know, and now your eyes are burning. It's the middle of the night and like whatever, but this two shall pass, you'll get there, you know, mm -hmm. and then you get there and you realize that like what once was 12 hours away is now four is now three is now two is now one. And every one of those hours that like it gets easier, you just realize your confidence goes up and the end is near and whatever. And, you know, and I think that if we just like start realizing that life is a lot more like that, it's like, yeah, the, it's like a 12 hour drive right now, but in a couple of weeks, it'll be an eight hour drive. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of weeks after that, it'll be a four hour drive. You know, and then now you're someone who's done a 12 hour drive. So when someone says the next journey is a six hour drive, you're like <clears throat> light, just did 12, mm, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it, it's, 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 it's constant. But one thing I did realize was that like, you know, and I'll kind of wrap the metaphor up to me. It was like the only time that you're not getting anywhere is when the car isn't parked. Mm. So if you stop the car, the journey does end. You physically can't get to the next place. So the idea there is that if you quit, yes. But if you the car's on and your foot's on the gas pedal, and whether it's going two kilometers an hour or four kilometers an hour, it will guarantee moving forward. It will guarantee moving closer to where you're trying to go. But if you put the car in park, it's going to sit there for a long time. And so... Just keep the wheels turning, hmm. keep the wheels turning and, 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 and continue to, you know, move forward and mm -hmm. you're going to get there eventually, whether it takes, you know, it might take you longer than it takes someone else. Someone else might do it in eight hours when you can do it in 12, but it's, that's not the point. Mm -hmm. And if you enjoy the journey, you won't even care about how long it took you there. You only care if you, True. all you care about is the end. Yeah. If all you care about is getting there, you're going to be so fact, like you're going to be so stuck on the idea that someone else got there in eight and you got there in 12. Yes. I do feel but this if, way. Yes. <laughs> but if you're enjoying it, if you've enjoyed the journey and you get there and people are like, oh, hey, what's going on, man? It took you 12 hours to get here. You're like, yeah, yeah, but I was having a ton of fun. I didn't even notice mm. we got here. I didn't even know. We just looked at the sign and it was like, oh shit, you're here now. And it's like, oh shit, damn, we're mm. here. Cool. Mm -hmm. And that person's distracted, right? That person is so consumed in the journey that it's like the byproduct of getting there is like, oh shit, we're here. Right. And, how, and my, for me, it's like how much more of my life can I live like that? Yep. Where I actually don't give a shit about where I'm I, like, it's a goal and it's there. It's a desire, but it's not my, like who I am is not attached to that. Who I am mm -hmm. is the van that I have. And I'm in, the, I'm in that van every day. So it doesn't really matter. Like, my life exists every single day in that van and the, the who I am is attached to what's in the van, mm -hmm. not where the van is going. Right. <laughs> you know, that just happens to be, that just happens to be where I ended up. That is, <laughs> it's not, it's not identifying me. And it's a hard, it's a hard task to nail. It's a hard task to nail. And you got to take a lot, you have to have a lot of courage to do it uh, and you got to want it and you got to do the work and it's not easy. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that like, taking time to really, really figure out what is, what does your van look like? What's in it and creating that environment, taking that time to just get that down leads to like a beautiful life road trip. Cause you're always anchored in your car and mm -hmm. you can always change your car. You know, you can always change the bells and whistles. You can upgrade the car. You can, you know, no one's saying you're stuck in the car that you're in now. Evolution actually says that, like, you're going to upgrade your car as life goes on. You're going to accumulate more things. You're going to you're going to have, like, you know, you, 
a little two seater is probably good for just you. But then if you have a family, you're going to need a van, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you're going to need a bigger car, but how do you keep taking every time you upgrade your car? How are you bringing a lot of the good stuff from your old car into the new car mm -hmm. and then adding more people? And, you know, but I think a lot of us are just ripping life. No idea what our car is like, no idea what, who we are as a person, just going through it. And we think that like, you're going to get to a destination that goes, here's the car that you were looking for. And actually no destination has a car for you. None. It's all within. So that's long winded, but mm -hmm. that's, no, the, good, that's the reflection piece for me. That's the reflection yeah. piece for me. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I'm going to switch quick directions. Uh, skydiving overrated, underrated, or properly rated. Cause I've never done it. So I have no context. Give the people the answer. I think it's properly rated. Okay. Yeah. I think skydiving is properly rated. I think that if you go and you get the experience, you're going to sound like everyone who's gone and done the experience. You know? <laughs> so I think it's, it's, it's a I box like tick for sure, yeah. but it's something you physically need to box tick yourself because there is a lot right. of, you discover a lot about like, you know, um, and for me, it was like, it was very intentional. You know, it mm -hmm. was like, I needed to get over a fear that I wanted to get over and I went and I did it. And the free falling part was like, it was, it was very bird-like. Like I often say that, like I got to feel like a bird and a dolphin in the same trip. You know, I, like I was underwater and literally yeah. had like a moment of like, wow, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fish right now. This is crazy. And then there was jumped out of a plane and I was like, holy shit, I'm a bird, you know? And it was, you know, those two experiences to be able to like, say you've done them and coupling that with the idea of getting over a fear made the made the thing amazing for me mm. where there's some people that might not even have the fear of jumping out of a plane like there's like they're just like this is just like going on a roller coaster for me like i'm just something i just i'm adrenaline junkie i do this mm -hmm. it's whatever they might get less out of it you know like because i'm associating the fact that i got over a fear with the journey as right. like you know so i think it's properly rated um and i don't think everyone needs to do it mm -hmm. and i don't think that you know and i think if you do do it that you would get some benefits from it like depending on what your intention is going into it. So I think it's properly rated. All right. I'm here for that. I would Allow say make sure you do it in places that are aesthetically pleasing though. Oh yeah. Be very cautious yeah. of where you skydive. I think that like the grasslands of Saskatchewan or something. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like at that point, you're just really trying to scratch an itch to say you jumped out of a plane. Like yeah. Dubai, New Zealand, Hawaii, there's certain places that are like, you know, if you're in one of those places, I think that can, the consideration of doing it should be higher. Smart. But to just do it, to do it, Tofino, right? BC, some beautiful mm. places in BC to do it. Um, I think that that is a, 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 an added wrinkle. Um, definitely do it in a place where it's worth jumping out of a plane and looking at some beautiful stuff. Nice. Um, that's what I would say. Yeah, huge. Huge. I never really even considered that. I do think of it just as simply jumping out of the plane and getting the result of knowing that I did jump out of a plane checked off. But I mean, if I'm going to jump out of a plane, I'm probably going to want to maximize my enjoyment of that experience. So you being able to see Dubai below you would be incredible or in the mountains would be incredible. Like you're above as if you are taking a photo when you fly over the mountains. Like I would absolutely love that. Okay. You may have changed my mind on it. You may have gotten my senses percolating a bit. So I know the people are probably li listening and wondering, Alice, man, where have you been? You're out here <laughs> grilling me like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a piece of meat. 
on a on a barbecue. Where have you been? Listen, in the, the people last know you're bit? you're a tasty piece of meat. Let me tell you, they're not. They know it's well they seasoned. Know. I'll put that. It's been well marinated, by the way. This is not just a dry <laughs> piece of chicken on a barbecue. It's well marinated. Got got some seasoning to it. Um, you did a great job of grilling it, by the way. That was good. That was a good combination of well seasoned chicken, got grilled. That's Absolutely. gonna. That was a great meal. Well, because you can't you it, can't so. leave me in front in, in responsibility of the seasoning. I'm white. I barely put any salt on anything. You can't leave me in charge of that. <laughs> I'll grill it hard on that barbecue out on that patio, but <laughs> don't chance on me spicing it up right because I won't get it. <laughs> fair, 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 fair. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Where have I been? I mean, to the people that don't fully fully know, you left. This is the first time you've ever really left mm. Canada. Yeah. Really, like the Good first point. time you've gone to a place where – the language is fully different. The culture is different. The environment's different. Everything is different. You can't you can't just rest on the ideologies of Canada. You have mm-hmm. to go there, fit in, find the culture. What is it? Do I like it? Adapt. You know, you. I would say this has probably been the most out of your comfort zone you've ever been, probably in your life. Um, so to create the context there. Tell us where you've been knowing that it was one of the first ever trips you've ever had. Um, and you did, you did like a, you were working too. This is a lot, a lot of stuff you had to do to overcome, to, to enjoy this journey. So where have huge, you been? Huge, huge. This was the most challenging journey I have ever been on uh, and the most eye opening because of all of the, I would go as far as saying identities that I had walking into it. The parts of my character I believed that I did have. Uh, it challenged all of that and asked, oh, well, is this really true? And I know for me, like when I've been building my character, I know that uh, there were times in my life where I said I was something and didn't necessarily have the consistent behavior to follow that. And there were other times where I would know that I am something based on the fact that I am consistently upholding that specific character trait. Integrity was a big one, for example. I was not integrous for a long time, but I called myself a person of integrity because I liked the sound of it and I wanted to be that, but it wasn't consistent. So this journey challenged one of the harder things for me, which is my ability to pivot and my ability to work with my surroundings rather than against them. I very much am a person who likes... Let me rephrase that. I don't like that as an identity. I have been habitually someone who likes a structure to things. I like to know. And when things get into the unknown, I tend to not feel too great about it. In other words, I get pretty goddamn grumpy (laughs) as if I'm hangry. Like I really, I'm not, I'm not in a good mood. And this goes even to just planning a day with my partner, Gabby. If we plan the day out and she wants to go left when we're planned to go right, I... (laughs) We joke about it all the time. I'm a grumpster. I am a grumpster. I'm like, no. First, I'll probably say no. Then I'll say, well, don't say no. It's a very rigid way of looking at things. So then I say fine. And then we go and do it. But I'm not enjoying myself. That's why I asked you about the road trip. I was like, okay, like, but like, really, though, is it better to just get there? Because that's what I like is just to get there. Don't tell me to stop at that waterfall. I don't got time for that. <laughs> um, so the, being in a country... So we went to Costa Rica for the first part. And the plan for Costa Rica was to stay long-term. So when we got there, um, I was instantly asked to pivot everything. 
right? The environment's different. The language is different. How you get around is different. Um, the food that you find is different. When the market is open is different. Um, the gym, the routine, like it was all so aggressively different. So every hour was asking me to pivot every single time. You'd go to this store and you'd find this food. Tomorrow, it's not there. <laughs> okay, I guess I need to find a whole new store I've never been to. Okay, no problem. Go there. Now it's out at two stores. What is, I got to go pick up water because I can't drink the water. So that's a whole different shift in my day. We don't have it. If I don't get it now, the store is going to close. We don't have water for the next 12 hours. Like there's just so many little tiny pieces that, that reinforce the necessity to learn what it means to pivot. Not just because you have to get it done, but because I could really suffer through that. Like I could be a bag of bones. Because I wasn't willing to just accept the fact that I have to pivot. I would fight back. Say, this is bullshit. I don't want to do mm-hmm. this. How horrible is this? There's so many ways I could go. And I didn't want to. But I could feel the like the ability to go there real fast and suffer real fast. Yeah. And I mean, the, the people who don't hear the challenge of that. It's like, if you have identified as being someone who's really rigid, mm-hmm. it's the complete opposite personality you need to survive in a world that's fluid as hell Mm -hmm. it's no two days are the same never it's like it's a super so i can imagine the internal battle there was quite intense it was yeah it was huge and it it challenged us a lot as a relationship too because we just went the two of us so we went costa rica uh, and then we went mexico and we were gone for about nine months in these brand new environments so we were really the only constant that existed was each other which is incredible, right? Really creates a strong bond. However, you both go through your own experience of those changes. So one person, her, for example, she's good with the left versus the right. She actually prefers it. She enjoys it. She can find the enjoyment a lot faster. I don't even think she needs to find it. She, she just experiences it. And for me, I don't have that take. But then there would be other things on the grander scale that would stress her out that I wouldn't concern me whatsoever. So we were in the same environment, experiencing it differently and butting heads because of it, right? How quickly you influence your partner's experience when you're in the completely different one, right? And to say that one is better than the other was also a challenge because neither were. It's just our way of processing a whole new world and a whole new environment. And you know what's interesting with that? I just wanted to add this is that when you're in those worlds, it's funny because you can either attest to this or, you know, go against it, but you don't know whose personality is better for the task. Mm. And what I mean by that is that sometimes the fluidity of that person's character is you're overthinking. We should go with their fluid type of personality. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes it's like, no, we need my rigid personality right now. We don't need the fluid personality. And because you're both kind of right at certain different times, you don't know when you enter a situation that you guys have both never done. It's like, is your route the right one is my route the right one and then it's almost like this game of i told you so we should have used my mindset with this one or i told you so we should have used my mindset with this one you're overthinking this and then the hard part it becomes when like there's a time where you get labeled the rigid person you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then your idea when you bring up a concern about an idea they're like you're just overthinking it you're always rigid and i'm like but no this actually deserves rigidness like we should be a little bit more thought out about this but because 80 percent of the day has been fluid I feel like an idiot 
for standing up for what I think is rigid or mm-hmm. what I think that we should have a little bit more. And it's being dismissed because it's like you're being too overthinky. This is a fluid thing. Mm-hmm. And then you realize you go through it fluidly and like, we should have thought about this one, <laughs> you know, and like, and that's where the personalities, I feel like really clash. And it's yeah. like, cause there's no real one way to do it when you're abroad, right? There's no real one way. Sometimes it works being fluid. Sometimes it works actually thinking about it. Uh, and then you find success at different times. And then yeah. it ruins the whole, I guess, measuring stick of like, should we um, do it your way? Or should we do it my way? Or mm-hmm. you, it's just character of you being rigid. Like, you know, and then it feels a little judgy sometimes. Yeah. I don't know if that's like the experience that you have, but it's happened to me definitely when I'm traveling too, with working through those feelings. No, definitely. And I think that um, it was very challenging for us because of that. And it caused some disturbances. It caused some arguments. Um, there were moments of silence just because we just there, we didn't have to follow through with anything necessarily because, I mean, we're, we're abroad. There's not really a major timeline. But just considering what was next uh, had the tendency to bring in both. But luckily, like we had built a bit of a routine with how to navigate that. So most of the scenarios where it could have caused a problem were gone. Um, but one thing we were very aware of before we left is that I am a zoomed in perspective and she is a zoomed out perspective. And so both offer their own opportunities in every decision that we would have made. So we were able to at least be aware of that first. And then when it came to the moments where we felt uh, what's the word, I guess, more rigid in our own belief. Cause even if you're flowing, you're rigid in your flow, right? Like you're rigid in the sense you want to do the flow and I'm rigid in the fact that I want to be rigid. I want to be tunnel vision. Uh, and so when we had those moments and it caused an argument or disagreement or whatever it was, um, what we ended up doing was just, I guess, recognizing, like you said, like neither of these are necessarily the right approach, right? Like this idea that mine is the right one and yours is the wrong one. Um, But we just knew that both had something to offer into this experience. And what made it harder actually was because we weren't really super separate a lot of the time because, well, uh, for me, I had concerns of safety if she would be away from me in those environments. And that was something that was deeply conditioned into me is, is concern for her safety. So I would go where she would go and she would go where I would go. So that proximity just creates like, you both want to experience this differently. So this is tough, right? This is tough. Um, but luckily we navigated it really, 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 really well. And we're able to consider each other a lot in the process. Um, oh, and the thought was that whenever we found ourselves very rigid in what we thought was the right decision, generally speaking, um, there was some air of like unsafety for me. So if I really wanted to be structured, I would feel I felt very unsafe in that moment, either with the way things were going, where what we were doing, or um, just in the fact that I really wanted to feel like I could ground myself somewhere, right? So go to the same coffee shop, don't go to a new one. It's my, it was my safe hold. I liked that experience. I'm in a whole different country, but I got my coffee shop and I feel good about that. She's like, I'm in this whole new world. Let's try six different coffee shops. And I'm like, okay, I feel unsafe here. Well, there's no, there's nothing to grab on. I can't, right? Like it's like a roller coaster with no bars. You're just arms. You're just flailing everywhere. Right. <laughs> that's how it felt for me. So that, that was that, telling that for us. That's, that's telling. I think a lot of people can see themselves in that. And it, and it tells me, right? Like, oh, whoa, this isn't just about like, I need to go to this coffee shop because I really love it. I don't necessarily love it. 
there's just something deeper for me, which is safety. It gives me that grounded nature. Um, and for her, she just doesn't need it as much. So we would find the balance, right? Today, I'm not in a space to be open. I'm freaking out. I need to go to this coffee shop. No problem. But tomorrow, how about we do that in a coffee shop? And just like, again, working with both rather than having them like, they don't need to be this second. So that was huge for us. That was huge. And for me, because I'm not the most pivotable person. Reframe. I wasn't the most pivotable person. So um, so Costa Rica and then Mexico. So we did Costa Rica for three months. We went to Mexico right after that. And the decision to go to Mexico was strictly based on community. Community and then, of course, keeping the same kind of environment as in regards to weather um, and jungle and nature kind of vibe. We loved Costa Rica. If you haven't been, I think that there's the place that you absolutely have to go. It's as if they give you glasses coming off the plane that amplify the color of the entire place. I don't understand how it's possible, but every single time I looked left, I looked like I was looking at a photo. I don't know how that's possible, but it was always like always that way everywhere we went. So that was crazy. Um, and then Mexico, like I said, we went for community and for, to keep the environment because we heard that Tulum has great community. So we went specifically to Tulum, not to Playa or Cancun or um, any of those places. Um, and that was just so different than Costa Rica. So, so very different. A little bit more westernized. Um, I noticed uh, way less English speaking. They cared a lot less where I was in Mexico about English, Costa Rica. They want to, they want to know, they want to learn, um, and they're willing to work with you on it. So that was beautiful, but not the same in Costa, or sorry, in Mexico. Um, so we went to Mexico and stayed there for six months. And this whole time, this whole nine month journey, we were building and maintaining slash sustaining our businesses. So for those that don't know, I'm a relationship coach. Gabby, my partner, she is a women's life coach. And we built our business to be sustainable enough for us to be able to go on this trip. But it wasn't a trip. I gotta stop calling it that. Um, it was discovering what and where we want to live. What's the environment? What do we enjoy? And we were hoping to find it. That's what Costa Rica was for. We actually literally made the statement, we're moving to Costa Rica. Because we, we knew we'd love it. And we did. But did we want to live there? Was a, was a bigger question. And there was a lot of things that were missing for us. Then you went to Mexico and it was almost identical, um, just with more people. So there was more uh, expats. There was more people living abroad, more Canadians, Americans, Europeans. So it was easier to find, um, I guess, people similar to your culture that you could relate to in the environment. So that helped. Um, but we just noticed that it still wasn't for us. There was still a lot of things missing for us. So we didn't end up finding the place we wouldn't want to live longer term. Um, and so there was a few pockets where we were pretty defeated by that. But what we did learn, and I continue to learn, is that to discover the things that you want, you have to discover the things that you don't want. It goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. and, and that was hard for me because I'm really just, I felt like I was always used to finding something and saying, well, okay, I could like this. Instead of saying, no, I don't like this. What's next? Like, what's the other thing that I can try, right? I was so worried that it wouldn't come. So even now being back in Calgary, I was like, Shh, damn it, I didn't find it. And I was like, mm. but there was only two places you went out of 
however many cities that there are possible in this world. Like it, it's still there. You'll still find it. So there was a good uh, lesson for both of us in, in that regard. So six months in Mexico, three months in Costa Rica, back in Calgary now. Um, and it's just been, it's been the wildest journey. Cause like you said, before that, I'd only ever traveled to Europe, but I was 12, um, for soccer. So I don't really remember much. Then I went to Florida when I was 16. Again, it's this, it's a very similar environment. And then I went actually back to Florida when I was 18 for another soccer tournament. And I mean, that's kind of really it. It's the only places I ever went until Costa Rica last year. So it really was a shock. Um, and I never really considered myself someone who enjoyed traveling, which is funny because I think everyone says that until they travel. And then all of a sudden they're like, I love traveling because I totally get it now. Uh, but it was good because it got, gave me an opportunity to explore different parts of um, my personality and just to see what's there. Again, same thing. You find the place. And in order to find the place, you have to find the places you don't don't really attach to it's the same thing with my personality. Like there were parts of it that I didn't learn. I didn't really attach to as much like my rigidity that exists in me, but so does the flow and the, and the openness and each moment will ask for a different part of me is essentially what I've uh, discovered through that. So. Yeah. I love that journey for you, man. I think that there's so much to be said about your first ever time, you know, encountering, the traveling world mm-hmm. and actually working through because you'll realize now you have like building blocks right yeah. like next time you go somewhere you're just going to tap into the person that you created during mm-hmm. these, that time you know like you're gonna it's gonna you're gonna feel dis you're gonna feel you know discombobulated for like a, a day two days and then you realize like oh yeah we've done this before mm-hmm. you know and it's it's kind of how i felt the first time i moved out on my own and then i moved to a new city and then i moved to another new city it's kind of like yeah the first time it's like holy you go through a lot of you know emotions you work through a lot of stuff but then the third time the second time the fourth time it's like it's a it's like a tool you have you just pull it out when you need it and you're like i, I know exactly what i got to do mm-hmm. and then you kind of hammer it in but there's it's a unique reflection period on your first time yeah. you know because i think that you see yourself so differently you know and um, it's actually, a, it's a great segue for us to talk about kind of what's changed because I think mm-hmm. that like in the beginning, when you start, when you go through this, you see yourself in the mirror for the first time up against an environment, you know, cause the environment's different. Therefore you see the player mm-hmm. and the player, you know, to, in order to get success in this environment, there's, there's certain skills that you need to acquire. There's certain things that you need to become in order to find success in this environment. But when it's never challenged, which is we're speaking to routine right now. When your routine is the exact same way, the person showing up to that routine doesn't have to change to find success in that routine. Right. And therefore, you never see yourself outside of that. But when you when you leave, the player you created leaves with you, and then you get dropped into an environment, and it's like this game is played completely differently. Mm-hmm. It's like, whoa. You realize how ingrained you are in that character and that player. Um and so you, you have to morph and change. But the cool part about it is that when you come back to your environments, you come back to that original structure, you come back to that original routine, it's kind of like a, a lot's changed, you know? And I think that when I, my first travel trip, I went with the intention of like, I'm going to go traveling and like, I'm, 
obviously I'm just going to like, I'm just going to get answers. It's because someone's going to write on a piece of paper in my life and I'm just going to get handed <laughs> it. And then you get back and you're like, yeah, I got my piece of paper. I know what I'm doing now. And you, you lose the idea. You forget. And I had to learn this the hard way. Like I genuinely, when I was That's traveling good. for the first time, I was like seeking answers about life. Like I was like, oh, someone's just going to give it to me. They said that you, like epiphanies happen when you travel. And it was like the equivalent of reading a book only for the facts, mm-hmm. you know, like yes. skimming through the pages. Like you're not even reading how the story is built and whatever. And it's like, you're just trying to fly through it to find the thing. And then you're like, this book was shit. Right. There was no information in it. And you're like, it was all in the nuance, dude. You missed it all. Mm-hmm. You missed it all, you know? And I think why traveling is so, is so like, I guess, groundbreaking for people is because when you come back into that environment, you realize what traveling did to you. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're different. And that's why you're going to have a better chance at achieving what you want to achieve. It's because you are forced to break down who you are in so many different ways that the rigidity that you talked about, you're forced to find adaptability. You're forced to find patience. You're forced to figure it out, which is what a lot of life is, is the mm-hmm. forcefulness of figuring it out, having a goal, having a desire and figuring it out, trusting you can figure it out. And I think when you look at traveling, that's why people are like obsessed with it because it, it, it leads to the, the evolution of who you are. And it's not like a one line. I call it indirect learning. It's not direct learning. It's not here's what you learned. It's mm-hmm. all indirect. Um, and so pivoting to the question, because I want to kind of find out, you know, now that you're back in Calgary, you're in a different department you're 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 in the same kind of area of town i guess a little yep. bit so you know you're probably walking around and looking about like you know you walk down this street but you physically probably feel like holy i'm like i'm i'm a different person you mm-hmm. know um what's changed for you do you think and ha- like in your reflection of now being back what do you think is like this is what's changed mm-hmm. yeah back in calgary same city always knew it that it would be the same city um, there was always this, this statement we said that Calgary never changes, which is funny because I think everyone says that about their hometown is that it never changes. So we coming back was a long decision that took us a while to make because we felt we knew what we were walking back into. And it was hard for us to get into the perspective of same city, different person. It wasn't something that really dawned on us. And I, there was a concern, I think, in, at least in my mind, where coming back to the same city felt like I may be expected to be the same person. And am I going to unintentionally revert back to being the same person? And is it going to be any different? It was a concern. So we almost chose not to come here. We were considering other options. But we finally did. We said, okay, this is probably the next best step. And it's funny, I phrased it in this conversation that we're back in Calgary. But Anwar and I joked about this. I said, listen, I'm not back in Calgary. Don't tell me I'm back. I'm not back anywhere. I am in this city in this moment. And then I will be where I am in the next moment. Because <laughs> I'm not going backwards. This is not a backwards momentum. Uh, so what's changed? Well, I think for me, I have caught myself falling back into some old patterns. Uh, for example, the rigidity that I had worked so hard to work against uh, has shown up again. And the uh, habits, I guess, of um, 
for example, in um, Costa Rica and in Mexico, I was always very, it was always very accessible to get sun in the morning and sun at night. So I could like match my circadian rhythm, no problem. I'm noticing it's harder to do. And so therefore it requires more effort that I am not putting in and therefore feeling the effects of that. So uh, a previous pattern of mine was sleeping in. I would just, I would sleep and I'm catching myself already in that similar feeling. So it's interesting um, that I am operating that way. And I'm just really glad that I'm catching it. I have now some sort of comparison or contrast to note now. This is what this was like. And this is how I felt about it. And this is how I operated every day. How do I make, how do I get that again in a new way in this different environment? So for example, top of mind right now is getting up and just going out for a walk, like the moment I wake up. But what does that even, what do you mean get out and go for a walk? I'm like, I gotta go put some clothes on, get in the elevator, go down and then go out. What? It sounds like, but you can hear, right? That like, it's such a different way to get that same thing. So um, that's been interesting, but it's it's really good to note that what's changed is that I am open to discovering how to make sure that I can get that. When prior, I may be a little bit more rigid and say, no, it's not possible, or um, it's maybe too much work, or I already I can make a different routine without that. Instead, I'm, I'm pivoting, essentially, and saying, no, this is valuable for, you, for me. I know it is. How do I work with the environment now, similar to the way that I did in Costa Rica, in Mexico? So that's that's been good. Or how do you, I think a, a word that I like to, to, to kind of highlight traveling and coming back to your space is integrate. You know? mm-hmm. How do you, what's the integration like Right. versus the adoption of what was, Right. you know, there's two ways to do it. You can come back and adopt what you left and then now we're kind of back or you can integrate what you've learned into what you had. Right. And that integration process is different. Mm. You know, that takes a lot more effort, especially if you're a rigid person, and you want to just get back to basics and you want to just get slammed right back into that routine because that's where you feel safe and all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, you kind of miss the lesson a little bit if you don't go through an integration part, you know, where you you go, what did I love about my routine? What am I bringing back with me? And, and then how do I integrate it back in? You know, I think that integration is a, is, a, is, a, is a big part of traveling and coming back to your space. So that's, I feel like what you're speaking to too, just to give some language. Yeah, 1000%. And the fact that integration isn't just something that happens and then is done with. Like I integrated it into the routine based on the environment of where I was. Now I want to keep it or find a way to keep it. So I need to integrate it now into this new uh, environment, this new metaphorical blanket, like how do I imprint that in this one versus the last one? Um, and it's different, requires a different type of energy, different type of system. So I like that language. I like that language. Um, and then uh, what's changed for me personally? I, I've just been very different in considering what's next. For context, before I traveled last year, probably up until well, I guess I went to Toronto, so let me backtrack. Before I went to Toronto in 2019, I swore up and down I would never leave this city. People would ask me, what's next? Where are you going? And it would always be something related to this city. They would ask me how much I love it. And I say, I love it so much. Look how beautiful it is. And I would like, I, I was in this perspective. I wasn't leaving. 
Toronto really shifted that for me, but coming back from Toronto was still a similar vibe. I'm like, no, I could stay here. It's fine. So going on this kind of journey is so backwards in a way, in contrast to what I always proclaimed would be the truth. And so what's changed for me is I've realized that there isn't truth. There is no truth. There is just what I am thinking in this moment and what I am believing in in this moment. There is no... So for example, if I were to stay in Calgary forever, I could say to myself, uh, oh, I'm just somebody who was going to stay forever. That's just who I am. Or it's just what I do, right? For example, in uh, Mexico, I getting up in the morning and having coffee with the sun, it's just what I do. Yeah, it's just what I do. But it, it says that I'm identifying with that, but then it's saying that I'm almost closed off to another option. If it's just what I do and it's just who I am, that I'm not open to anything at any point. So I could run with that and then never experience something different, never open myself up to the many different possibilities of my personality. And I think I just, I end up closing a box to myself, which I did. I closed myself in my own box and said, this is, this is where it ends. So you're just going to, and it feels safe to do that. It feels secure. It's easy. uh, It's comfortable. It's all the things that just are simple. So what's changed for me is that I no longer think that way. Like I said, I don't believe that there is truth really in almost anything anymore. And that there is always another answer. There is always another option. And I don't have to take it. I just want to, I've learned to stay open to it. So for us, the next step looks like potentially the States to get there. There may be a bit of a longer term plan that was not part of the plan. Like it's so far from the original plan, but instead of saying, I don't do that anymore, or that's just not me. I'm just open to the idea of what that could look like. And I'm not making instant decisions. That's something that's different. I'm letting things sit for a second and just embracing it and learning it and allowing myself to sit on an idea, which is hard. I found I found very hard, but I'm glad I'm doing it. And I'm glad that this is something that's changed for me. Uh, it's considering the whole thing, not from the in the moment, because this is not the truth. The truth will change as I give myself room to breathe and open up the truth that I originally had. And more truths will reveal themselves. And there's a limitless amount of them. And at the end of the day, what I choose to do is ultimately up to what I believe is true in that moment. And that's where it ends. So that's for me been so helpful in this journey of pivoting back into this environment, getting into the old friend spaces, going to the same coffee shops. Um, it's allowed me to just see everything so differently and it's opened myself up to what this could look like outside of what I've always thought it looked like. And so our next steps completely change, completely change. Wow. It sounds like you're doing a, an incredible job of trying to integrate things back in, Mm. you know? And I think that it's, it's kind of twofold, right? One, it's the awareness of your old patterns when they mm. come back up. And then two, it's the it's the courage to do something about the old pattern mm. and say, no, 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 we worked so hard to shift that. What does it look like doing something else? Mm-hmm. You know, And I think that that's the biggest wave. I think for me, when I come back to my old space, 
it's an overwhelming feeling of getting back to the old you, mm -hmm. you know, super overwhelming feeling, um, to your old thought patterns, to your old habits, to your old everything, mm -hmm. you know, um, the unique part about, you know, my, me coming back is that there was no routine in place. There was no, I had to literally physically build my old routine back up. Mm. And so that, that forces a question is, are you really going to like just literally build your old routine back up? Or if you're going to build anyways, why don't you just build the new one? True. Like, if it's, you know, cause I, I subletted my place. So like my room was gutted. Like I put all my stuff in storage, right. I, you know, so it's not like I was walking back into an environment that was there. It was like, I physically have to like go back and build the, the old environment. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're gonna, if you're in, if you're in Bob the builder mode anyways, aren't you build the one you want? Yes. You know? And, and, and so for me, it's even though the itch to is the, to go and just go back to old basics, um, the overwhelming feeling of, if I got to build anyways, and I'm telling, I'm, I'm being genuinely honest with myself. When I walked back into my space, I kind of was like, this isn't speaking to me at all. Mm. Like this just feels like an old version of me. Mm. And, and I think if I want to get to where I want to get to, uh, it starts with just being authentic with that feeling regard, like knowing that the shoe doesn't fit and I'm not going to force my foot in that shoe. I'm just going to get a bigger size, you know, it's the it's work is work anyways, building mm -hmm. it back up the old way, building it back the new way. It's, I think it's more energetically aligned, but I think what's changed for me outside of the physical environment, cause I just wanted to piggyback off of what you said there. Cause I, mm -hmm. I deeply feel that. Um, and I think that the awareness is one thing, but the courage is actually more important because mm -hmm. you're, you're given a choice. You could just go back to your old, you Especially if you have old friends that are mm -hmm. like more of your old personality or an old job or, you know, if you have a lot of things that in your life are kind of pulling you back into your old you, that it, it's, it takes a lot of courage to shake that off. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of for me, what's changed is in a similar vein to you, taking the approach of what's next differently. Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost like I have 30 years of data on the old Anwar, you know, <laughs> I know how that guy gets things done. Yes. I've already seen it. You know, I've seen it work. I've seen it, you know, cause, cause, uh, trouble. I've seen it cause success. Like I've seen that old version, right? What does a different version of what I'm trying to do look like? Mm -hmm. And I'm currently, I'm currently, I don't work right now. Right. So I'm working on my transition. So sitting even in this unemployed space for this long has been like it's been so awkward for me mm -hmm. and so hard to accept that this is a transition, like lean into it. Don't speed up. Keep going at the pace that mm -hmm. you're going. Listen to yourself. Listen to like the, you know, the universe look for the omens. You know, this has been a hard seat for me to sit in coming from survival mode for years, mm -hmm. you know? So the guilt and all the shit that comes with this feeling it's been hard for me to actually like lean into, you mm -hmm. know, and I think it was easier to be distracted traveling. That challenge is twofold now being back in the same city that I lived in. Cause when you're traveling, 
your environment is telling you that you shouldn't be working, dude. Like your environment is like, go to the beach. Like, you yes. know, everything about being in the traveling world kind of allowed me to like, even though I didn't, I didn't like the idea of, you know, like not having a job and not having a career and all of that stuff. It's okay to stomach traveling. Cause it's like everyone there is having a good time. Right. But when you get back into your environment, now I'm being really faced with like, can you withstand the storm? Hmm. Can you look at it and go, I'm choosing a different route when it, overwhelmingly feels like I shouldn't be. Yes. This is, you know, the big thing for me is, is how can I find more joy in what I'm doing and more grace for where I'm at in life than just trying to speed up getting to something else that is like unattainable. It's mm-hmm. like this world that is like never ending, you know, speed up for what, right. Um, to get where, you know, and I think that the road trip metaphor is really the reason why I'm anchored in the, in the ability to recognize that. Just start with your car. Amen. Forget about where you're going. Let's like we can get gas in this thing and, and start driving whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Let's just let's fix the car first. Let's get the car going. Let's get the shit that we need in it. And right now for me, that starts in my bedroom. Then it starts in the living room. Then it starts with my routine. And this is me just ironing out the details of this vehicle that I'm about to go on a road trip in. Once I hammer that out and I get that down, let's hit the road. Mm. And let's, let's, let's start to take one turn, start to take another turn. And the real thing that I want to, throughout this journey, this next chapter of my life that I want to find and continue to stay glued to is being authentic throughout the whole process. Not taking a left because... I think I should take a left, take a left because I want to take a left. Mm. And the metaphor that's been resonating with me lately is I heard on a podcast uh, with Rick Rubin. He said, when you eat food, you know, whether you like it or not, doesn't even take time. If you put something in your mouth, you're like, like that or don't like that. Right. There's people who hate cilantro. They'll never put it on anything. There's people who, 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 who like this and hate this. Like there, it's very black and white when you're eating food, but we don't do that with our lives. We eat the cilantro, even though we know we hate the cilantro. But if it was in your diet, you'd be like, that's not for me. Hate that. I'm going to order this. Or when we look at a menu, someone, there, there, the people can look at a menu, go, I love this. And you could literally look them in the face and be like, I hate that. And it's okay. You're, you're so good with being clear on what you like in the menu, what you don't like in a menu. And where you're curious, where you're like, I don't have an opinion on that yet. Let me try the lobster. Let me see if I like it or not. But we don't do that in life. And my whole goal is to be like, I'm just going to stop eating cilantro if I don't like it. Why? Why? Why am I doing that? I know I don't like it. You know, and to me, authenticity, like the next goals, the chapter is what's changed for me is that I'm just going to stop eating the shit that I don't like. And I'm going to be okay with saying, I don't like cilantro. And then you can say whatever you want about it. Mm-hmm. That's not going to change my idea on it. I know how I feel. I know what I like. Cool for you. I'm going this way. And I think if I can do that for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, I'm going to be so aligned with what I like and so cool with what I like and so cool with in, like being okay with being myself that everything else is just going to fall in place, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that between that metaphor and the idea of enjoying the journey along the way, like why can't I love my bedroom right now? Why do I have to reach a certain level of my life to then be like, okay, cool. Now I'm going to buy the things that I like. Why? 
what does that look like right now? If, if, if what is enjoying waking up in a room that you're happy with look like right now? Mm. And then if you upgrade the room in, in the future, cool. But what does joy look like right now? And I think that those are the two things that has changed for me is I want to be more clear about what I like and don't like and be okay with it, stand mm -hmm. on it, and then try to find the joy. It's there. Mm. And you know, when you, you know how you feel after a boxing class. You know how you feel after a basketball class. More of that shit. You know how you feel after this. Less of that shit. You know? And just being black and white about it. And I think that's really what your 30s is about. Honestly, I think your 20s is confusing because you, you're not so defiant. Mm -hmm. But I think in your 30s, it's a good time to get a little bit more defiant and just living with the consequences of drawing the line and going, yeah, mm -hmm. I do these things. I don't do these things. And I think you'll attract the things that match you when you're when you're when you're operating from that place. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what's changed for me and what I'm integrating into my life at this very moment. So when I was in Tulum. There was a guy that I met and I remember when he first said this, I thought to myself, it's a little close minded, a little rigid. Holy, you sound like an asshole. But he said that he, what changed his life was that he did essentially what you just said. He stopped kind of playing this weird nuance game of accepting things that were not really like that. So he phrased it that um, it's either a fuck yes or a fuck no. And that goes for people too. They're either a fuck yes or a fuck no. And like the language of including the F word amplifies like how far on the spectrum they are. It's not just yes or no. It's fuck yes or fuck no. And to operate that way, I, I get, like I said, I remember hearing him and thinking to myself, woof, like Jesus, that's aggressive. And the thing, though, is that what that helped him do was really focus his energy on the things that he was a fuck yes to. And if it wasn't a fuck yes, oh, the, sorry, the language is, if it isn't a fuck yes, it is a fuck no. That's what the statement was. And again, it just kind of shook me because I've never really operated from that perspective like you just pointed out. I've always tried to play like, okay, well, I could, well, yeah, all right. Like this like softer approach that wasn't necessarily curious. It was just more accepting and it wasn't enlivening. It wasn't vivacious. It wasn't animated in any way. It was probably more dull than anything. And I still struggle with that. So I like that you shared that because um, I think that's such, it was even something I struggled with on my trip in nine months. So it, uh, I'm excited to be able to stand beside you and watch you go through that and learn from you as you practice that uh, as something new and um, something to honor in your life. Cause I think it's going to pay off. Um, I think I've just been too scared to do it. <laughs> uh, lots changed a lot's changed. And you know, there's also a lot, a lot changed with the podcast too for us. And there's a lot that's coming next. You know, we talked about our journey where we've been, we've talked about how much we've changed from those two places and we've even all already aired to a bit of what's next in regards to what our focuses are going to be for ourselves and some of the plans that are already in place. And, you know, even though you're in a position of enjoying and finding the joy, being in joy, you are still considering what is next and making progress and moving forward. And that's how we've always operated. And the podcast is no different. Right? Modern masculinity is a part of all of that. It is something that has grown with us has changed with us 
And I think that there is coming a time where it's going to change more because we have changed more. And that for the listener now, you listening, I think that that's th- that time is on the horizon. It's pretty much here for us. And something that I've learned and kind of what's next for me is, you know, the last two months has really given me an eye opener as to, I mean, uh, in many ways, I'm kind of sick of talking about men's mental health and masculinity. I think that I feel like I've butchered it and I've, I've overextended myself into that area. So one thing that we talked about prior was what does it look like for us to pivot? And what does it look like for us to find what's next for the podcast while maintaining its identity and kind of doing what we just did, understand that this is how we've always been. But that's not necessarily the fullness of who we are as a podcast. There is more to discover. So we're excited. Um, I mean, I'm excited to find out what that actually really looks like each and every episode that we record from here on out. But um, is there anything that you feel you want to add into regards to like what's next personally or podcast wise? Yeah, I mean, I think what uh, for the podcast specifically, I think it's like, you know, how can we support this conversation in a different way? Huge. You know, I think that how can we support the conversation of men's mental health and, um, you know, masculinity and uh, identity, really? You know, how do we support that conversation in a different way? Um, Because we've really only gone one way. It's always been like, talk about it in the deep ways. Talk about the really, really big shadows and the deep vulnerabilities and the depression and all of these like truths that did exist but it was just the one angle, right? And I think that that's what most people are taking is that angle of like really deep vulnerability. Um, and I think that we're, well, at least for I speak for myself, um, with the changes that I have made, and I think the changes with you made, I just don't think we're, we're in that season anymore of coming from that angle. I think that there is absolutely got to be other ways for us to support that space without that without that seat with moving past that season. Yeah. I think another way to look at it is that, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta face the dark to see the light. Mm-hmm. And I think that the first half of this podcast has been in the dark. Nice. Well our goal is to kind of, kind of lighten it up, you know, find the light, you know, we've, we've seen a little bit of light and we've had to go through the dark to find the light. So what does that process look like? What are the conversations on the light side of it look like, you know, while respecting that there is still people in the dark, you mm-hmm. know, but hopefully you can find inspiration to, to work through that darkness, knowing that there's light at the end of the tunnel, you know, and we hope to kind of showcase what some of that light looks like through some of the, our, our own breakthroughs and our own epiphanies. You know, yes. I think that, um, that hopefully is, is the shift that we see. 100%. And something that I'll add to that is that we want to make sure that you all as a listener feel honored in the process as well. Right? You've been trucking along with us. You've been listening and engaging to the best of your ability. And, we want you guys to know that although we are, again, the co-hosts, we're here for you guys. We're here for all of you and not just men in general. We're here for the everybody who listens to this. And so we want to know right, really badly what it is that has resonated with you so far, what might resonate with you moving forward. I mean, you've been listening to us for this long now. You know what route we've taken. You know the, the direction we've always spun things. And so with this shift opening up the door to all of it being a possibility around the concepts that have to do with men and the, the concepts that have to do with masculinity and mental health and um, anything that has to do with um, men, the men's world. Um, Cause you know, it's interesting that we've always taken the route of 
men's world, but the men's world is just as much involved with all of the other worlds, right? Like uh, the women's world, right? There's just as much involved. And so including in a larger perspective, a zoomed out perspective rather than such an aggressive zoomed in. So with that being said, we always end with this, but I want to make sure that you guys know that um, this is a space for you too. So we want you involved. What do you want to hear from us? What topics, even if they're small or whether they're big, what resonates with you? Right? Our DMs are always open for you guys to send us messages and you can email us modernmasculinity at gmail.com and give us insight. Um, who do you want us to talk to? Who intrigues you that we could reach out to and have on this space so that we could have a really great conversation with? What does that look like for our next season for this vision moving forward? So we want to make sure that that door is open for all of you. So with all that being said, listen, we're, we're back. We're here. We're ready. We're excited. We got some topics that are coming up for you that we're excited to talk about. And we're really looking forward to this new season with you. So this is episode, I think, 77. And it's only going to go up from here. So thank you so much for listening. Again, make sure to hit that follow button. That's how we reach more people. And if you're excited for the changes, uh, let us know. Don't forget to leave a review. If you're not following us on YouTube, make sure you do, and uh, we will see you in the next episode. Till next time. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to join us next week as we put out content every single Wednesday. Our goal with this platform is to create a community to support men on their journey of becoming conscious kings. And in saying so, if you took any value out of this episode or previous episodes, please share, download, subscribe. And if you're feeling really up to it, go ahead and leave a review. You can follow us at Modern Masculinity. Remember that it's with a K, not a C, to represent the mask that we wear. And like always, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week.